Hey, Angela here. Before we begin this episode, I'd like to invite you to join our Substack community, where you'll get more founder profiles, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, first access to all my original work, and access to our community group chat. All you have to do is click the link in the description. I love and appreciate your support. It's awesome to see all your comments, email responses, and reactions. I'm happy to share this journey with you. Thanks for tuning in. If there were no consequences or limitations, what would you like? What would you have? What would you want? Because a lot of times we stop asking ourselves that question of what we want. You're listening to Honey and Hustle, a video podcast that inspires the dreamers, creators, and hustlers to make a business from their passions. I'm Angela Hollowell, and I'm a visual storyteller based in Durham, North Carolina. I sit down with creative entrepreneurs, nonprofit founders, and small business owners as they share their stories, the lessons they've learned throughout their careers, and how they've worked to make a positive impact. Hello, everyone. Today, I am joined by Elise Archer. She is a fellow Duramite who has slightly betrayed us by moving to Cary, but we won't talk about that right now. Um, She is an incredible speaker, consultant, and one of the main things that she talks with people about is selling and her ethos and philosophy on selling and how you can incorporate a better sales method that feels natural to you and that really can take your business to the level that you want. Um, As you all know, we've had people that have talked about selling on this show, and I'm not shy about bringing people back who specialize in that because it is a weak point of a lot of people. And it's very important to make sales in a business, no matter what your business is, from nonprofits to small business owners. So Elise, thank you so much for being here today and being willing to share your expertise and wisdom. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Angela. Yeah, and for the record, as I was sharing in the pre-chat, Durham is my heart. I miss Durham. We're like, we're 15 minutes away, but it is very different. between Carrie and Durham, which if your listeners are local, they will know that. So, um, so, so cool to connect and so glad to be here today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's dive right in. Um, again, on your She Sells podcast and a lot of the speaking and engagements that you do, you talk about how people can overcome their aversion to sales and mm-hmm. create a sales process that really is streamlined and works for them. For a lot of people who are creators or entrepreneurs, I think making the transition from I'm doing something that I love and something that I'm good at to I'm doing something that I love and I'm good at for money can be Mm -hmm. difficult. Um, And so really charging what you're worth, making sustainable pricing model and creating an effective and efficient and repeatable sales workflow can be really one of the biggest hurdles that stops people from keeping going after a year, right? Um, so can you talk to me a little bit about how you work with people, whether through coaching or speaking or one-on-one consulting about how they can really transition from, hey, I just, I'm doing something and I brought this product or service to market to, hey, I'm doing this for a profit and I'm doing it really well. Mm, oh my gosh, for sure. And there's so many, um, there's so many like layers of answers to that question too, Angela. So I'll be more than happy to share you know, just whatever shows up that I think could be helpful. And I was actually thinking about this this morning. I've never like talked about it this way before. So you're kind of getting it fresh off of my mind of what I've been thinking about this morning. But I think the problem with sales and most people's kind of perception of sales and feelings about it and why they might feel like, like I love everything that I do except the sales part is 
it puts you out of your power. Like if you approach it the way that most people think they have to, which is like, I've got to like follow up 20 times with this person and like try to get them to buy from me. And, you know, I feel, you know, I remember for me when I was earlier on in my journey, I'd be so nervous every time I got on a sales call and it would feel like I was having to be performative and prove myself. There's just so many elements of that that don't feel good. <laughs> and frankly, that's a lot of what's taught too, in terms of how you sell, right? And it's not going to create a great result for you. It's not going to create a great feeling for your client. And so there's a lot of different ways to approach the whole sales process. I think it really starts with your mindset first. But I think the other thing to really keep in mind is because I know your audience is all, it's entrepreneurs, right? It's creatives. It's people who have like amazing gifts and talents and skills and, um, and are bringing those into the world. I don't know about you, but for me, I am so much more creative when I feel super supported. I am so much more like excited and lit up about my work if I'm not focused on money than if I am. Right. And so this is like, I've gotten to that point in my consciousness and in my journey where like, that's not really a thing anymore, but it's taken quite a while of really, it comes down to self-worth, like having enough self-worth to say, I deserve to be supported. I deserve to be paid well to be able to focus on what I want to focus on, which is creating. Cause whether you're an artist, whether you're a designer, whether you're a coach, a consultant, like we're all creating something, right? And scarcity mindset does not lend to creativity. Lack does not lend to creativity. Your best work is going to come out when you feel supported, when you're abundant, when you like have your needs met and you're just able to give from that place of, I love this and I want to share this with the world. So I think it's a mindset shift that a lot of entrepreneurs get to make specifically around selling their own products and services. It's like you can have both, right? You can have something that you're super passionate about. You can, um, you can bring your gifts and talents into the world and you can make whatever amount of money for you is what feels good to you and is supportive to you at this point, whether like, and everyone's kind of level there is going to be different and there's no right or wrong, but it's what does, what would it mean for you to be fully supported financially? You get to do that while bringing your work out into the world and you'll be far more creative. and It'll be a far more enjoyable process for you along the way too. So you can take that wherever you want to go, but those are some kind of initial thoughts uh, that I have on that. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, like one thing that you kind of touched on that I think we'll probably dive deeper on is, you know, sometimes, you know, in a lot of ways, maybe people are creating for survival, right? You know, mm -hmm. maybe they did have something that they just loved and they're passionate about, but they're like, hold on, if people want to pay me money and I know that I need money at this time, maybe this is something that I should monetize, right? Because it's easy mm -hmm. for me to do. I enjoy doing it. I'm probably good at doing it as well. Um, and I think that can be the source of um, a lot of friction when that's how you start a business or a side hustle, when it comes out of survival and just needing to make bills and get bills paid. Um, and I say that for, you know, whether people are starting it as a side hustle and they already have a full-time job, but they're just like having trouble making ends meet with that full-time job. Mm -hmm. Or for people who are like, yeah, I think I'm ready to, to 
take that next step and bet on me. And I don't have any idea what I'm doing, but I'm willing to learn and make it work. Been there. So I think there, there are a lot of ways that this can be approached, but I think it's also like something to be said that this is not just like overnight transformation. It's definitely like, you know, there are people who have done great things out of survival, but when you have reached a point that you are thriving, you can't operate from a space of like, oh, I just need to survive. So I'll take whatever I can get. Like, no, it's time to be intentional about, you know, where I'm, how I'm pricing, who I'm working with, the type of projects that I'm taking on and where I see myself going. So I guess the next question really is like, okay, when people are, let's say for people who may be investing in a course for you um, or uh, a one-on-one consultation, they're saying, well, you know, I'm making money and I'm making enough to pay my bills. I feel comfortable, Mm -hmm. but I would like to work from a place of not worrying where my next paycheck is coming from, right? I would like to work from a place where I'm creating my best work, not just the best with what I have. All right. So what are some steps that you would recommend for people who are in that transitional space who are trying to go to the next level with their sales mm, process? That's such a good question. Yeah. And I've like I've been there too. So I just want to start by affirming no matter where you are, like I left I left corporate. I had a like a decent six-figure corporate sales job and I was just done. Like my heart was just not at it anymore for a lot of different reasons. And so I left with one client who had paid me $300 to review a sales presentation for him. Now this was a long time ago. I do not work for that rate. So just so everyone is very clear, this was way in the past. Uh, But to me, it was like proof of concept. Let's go. Like I could get money outside of my job. But then from there it was okay. I got like a I think I had a, I don't know, three to six month runway, something like that. I don't really remember, but like had to make it work. So I know the mindset of those early stages and, um, and I, and I get it, but to talk about that transition point from someone who is maybe further along than I was when I was starting and they're paying their bills, but they, they desire something bigger for them. It's really about expanding your thinking. And that was, for me, such a critical part on my entrepreneurial journey of scaling for, and I'm just, I'm just going to use numbers here for context. I talk about numbers. Like I, I believe in normalizing numbers and it's like, there's some people listening who make way more than me. There are people listening who make less, like it doesn't matter. It's just all normalizing this. But for me, the big thing that shifted my consciousness and helped me go from six to seven figures as an entrepreneur was getting myself in shifting my environment to be around people who thought bigger. And that's really it because there was so much like what had been demonstrated to me and the way that my mindset was for so long was like, if I can just pay my bills, I'm good, you know, and you do that. And then you realize, because as humans, we are wired for expansion. That's why we have goals. That's why we have desires. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with that. It's how you're wired. It's good. Um, so you get to the point that maybe you thought you were going to be like, okay, I'm good. I'm quote unquote successful. And then oftentimes you realize, well, there's this greater calling in my life or there's this greater stirring in my soul. And for me, I started kind of expanding my vision of, beyond just my basic needs being met, like what would it look like to give tens of thousands of dollars every year to things that I care about? Like what would it look like to hire more people and create a bigger team? What would it look like to 
retire my husband um, so he could study for medical school? Like, what would it look like to have a more expansive life and lifestyle for my family? But I knew that my current level of thinking wasn't going to get me those results. So I invested heavily, like to a very uncomfortable level in mentoring and coaching with people who were at the level I wanted to be at to learn how they thought, not so much like give me the right process, but I want to know how does someone who, for me, it was like, I wanted to work with a mom who was running a multi-million dollar business. Cause I was a new mom at the time and I was running a six figure business. And I was like, how does she think differently than I do? Cause I know it's a different level of consciousness and thinking. So I invested incredibly heavily to be in the energy and presence of someone who was showing up at a whole different level and learned things that I could then, it was like new ways of thinking and new ways of being that I could apply to my own life. And that was what created really, really fast results in terms of revenue and income um, and just that quantum leap. So I think, look at like, what do you want, right? What do you desire? Um, beyond just your bills being paid and your needs being met. My favorite question is if there were no consequences or limitations, what would you like, what would you have? What would you want? Cause a lot of times we stop asking ourselves that question of what we want, because we're told, especially for your listeners, right? They're creatives. They're like big thinkers. They probably somewhere along the line were told they thought too big. They were probably told they were too much, too this, too that, too outspoken, too loud, too whatever. Like when I look at the women in our community, like almost everyone has a paradigm of I'm too much and I've got to shrink. It's not the truth. But so if we believe that to be the case, at a certain point, we start dampening our desires and we say, well, I should just be satisfied with where I am. But again, I truly believe that desire within you for expansion and for more, not just is it going to help your life, it's going to bless other people. It's going to get your work into the hands of more people. If you're listening to this show, I'm just assuming like you want to do good with your money, right? So you want to give more, you want to serve more. And so trusting that and knowing that and asking yourself, if there were no consequences or limitations what would I want? And even if you haven't asked yourself or allowed yourself to go there in a while, do it. Like, just see what shows up. Like if, if I could have it anyway, if no one would be hurt by me going for what I want, what would it be? If I couldn't screw it up, if I couldn't fail. And then from that place, follow that, but start getting in the energy and getting in the sphere of people who are already doing that because there are. Like there's plenty of people who are already doing that. I don't care if it's a financial amount. I don't care if it's an impact level, a certain level of success that you're looking for. Start studying them, whether it's you get coaching and mentorship or you like listen to their podcast or you do whatever you need to do to get in their energy to start thinking differently and thinking more expansively for yourself. And what you'll find is that what was once what once felt big for you, which was maybe paying your bills and being able to do this full time, suddenly feels small, not from a bad place, but from a place of, oh my gosh, there's so much more possibility for me that I can be going after. And then allow yourself to follow that. That's I always say, like your desires are green lights. So follow where you want to go with that. It's always going to lead you on the right path. 
This episode was made possible with Savvy Cow. Scheduling meetings manually can be so time consuming and scheduling video podcast interviews is no different. From making sure all your guests have the correct meeting link to following up with next steps, the list of emails goes on. But what if you could streamline this process? With SavvyCal, you can. Take the stress out of your scheduling workflows with customizable reminders, the ability to sync multiple calendars, and more at the link in the description. All right, let's get back to today's guest. You probably brought up the most important question anybody has ever asked on this show, and it's something that when I got to a point of like, okay, I paid my bills, I've gotten to a point where I can pay my bills as a full-time entrepreneur and creator, like, now it's about what do I want? Mm. And that is the scariest place to be when that is the dead last question you're used to asking yourself, right? Mm. You know, especially I'd say just as a person in this life, maybe in the United States, I don't know if it's Southern culture or just United States culture, but we are taught to, you know, how can you serve? How can you be of help? You know, how can you do for others? How can you provide for others and provide value for others? And those are great questions to center, you know, especially as business owners, right? But it's also important to think about what you want, because there's going to, I think, as you continue to work, no matter what stage you're at, opportunities are going to come to you. As you continue to put yourself out there and be, you know, of service to your community, opportunities are going to come to you. But it's really about what do you want and what about these opportunities feeds into the vision that you see for yourself. If there are no limitations or consequences for going after the things that you truly want. Right. Absolutely. What you want may not align with the life that you're currently living. Right. What you want may not align with things that necessarily feel good at first. Right. It may take um, having more discipline, which is something I've recently been talking about on social media, which is the last thing I ever wanted, you know, I think, you know, when I first started, I was like, I want freedom. I want to do what I want. But doing what you want means like having a discipline to do what isn't always fun on the days that you don't want to, because that's what mm-hmm. gets you the freedom down the line, right? It's, it's investing in yourself. It is, you know, maybe cooking in instead of eating out. It is investing a little more time into learning a new skill or increasing the skills that you already have versus, you know, just shooting the breeze and doing whatever and mm-hmm. thinking that like, this level that you've been at is going to take you to the next level because it's probably not right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just the reality. Um, And if I can just jump in there with like, with one quick thing you said, because I think it's so important. Um, Actually, there may be two things based on what, you know, based on what you said, but the first is it's kind of just like the conversation about you're not going to be your most creative if you're coming from a lack or scarcity energy. Well, it's the same with you giving, like you not having enough financially does nothing to support other people financially, right? You not have it, you not living in whatever that overflow is for you. You can't give generously from that place. So I totally understand. And I I know like the mentality and to your point, maybe it is a Southern thing, maybe it's universal, right? Like who, who knows, but it, and I think, and I know your audience is, everyone, right? I think there's a lot of conditioning, especially for women of like giving until we can't give anymore. And that's very depleting. So it's just like, you can't pour from an empty cup, right? It's the same type of thing. So the best thing you can possibly do, if you want to really be of service in the world is make sure that you're well supported so that you can give from the overflow, right? So it's like, that's first and foremost. And then I think to your other point of the discipline, like to me, it's really about just starting to 
evaluate your actions, your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions from the standpoint of if I was someone who already had the result I wanted, what would I be doing? Like, how would I be thinking about this? How would I be showing up? And that for me was what really shifted my results and created some big quantum leaps in terms of sales and revenue and life was like, I stopped thinking as a six-figure business owner and I started thinking as a seven-figure business owner. And there were different things required in that. It wasn't, it actually wasn't harder work. It was just more expansive action that required a lot of betting on myself, a lot of valuing myself more, showing up in ways that felt uncomfortable, um, but just starting to stretch my thinking there. And I think that's part of the importance of being in the environment and the sphere of people who are at the level you want to be is you want to learn how they think, because I promise you they're thinking differently than you are right now. So little tangent on both, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love what you said. I think it's important. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, I really want to talk about um, investing in yourself, right? Mm -hmm. um, as we sell and as we give, get um, income that may be from overflow or income that, you know, we are not required to use to pay bills and live. It's easy to forget that, you know, that money just isn't for you sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's not just for you to keep and say, I'm rich. It's for you to use and reinvest in your business to continue to help it grow. And really, mm -hmm. a lot of investing in business is investing in yourself. And that's the long and short of it. I think for a lot of people, it's not just like, oh, I, in order for me to hit seven figures, I need to invest in this digital tool. And in order for me to hit seven figures, I need a new camera. Like a lot of it is truly like how we use the tools that we have to get the results that we want. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, one thing that I did when I first started, when I first started, I was doing wedding photography primarily. That was like my biggest source of income. And so I invested in a North Carolina husband and wife duo called Almond Leaf out of Asheville, North Carolina. And they were making six figures a year. And I was like, I want to get there, right? If they can do it, I can do it, right? I need to know how they are pricing and adding value in a way that gets them an average of 10K a wedding, right? Um, I knew it wasn't that my skills weren't great. I knew it wasn't that I wasn't capable. I knew that there was something mentally that I was missing, right? Mm -hmm. um, in order for me to believe that I was worth $10,000 a wedding. Um, to be clear, I never got to $10,000 a wedding. I don't care about that. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to, in general, like how can I provide value and believe that I deserve that amount of value for the products and services that I'm giving as a creator. And so I invested in one of their courses and that was really helpful for me. And I still to this day invest in educational courses and one-on-one -on -one consultations with people that I believe would help me. So for people who may be listening to this and hearing you say, well, I invested at a level that was uncomfortable for me in order to get to the next level. What do you say for the people who are shell-shocked about investing in themselves in order to take themselves to the next level? I mean, I would say you have to, I think you have to decide how committed you are, right? Like to me, I have yet to meet a successful entrepreneur who is not invested in themselves. Like that's not, it's just not going to get you there. Um, to me, it's probably a convenient way of staying small. And it's, and I don't say, I hope it's like, I'm pretty direct. So I hope none of nothing I say is like coming off the wrong way. It's just like anything else, right? Like if you want to learn a skill, you want to learn to speak French and you don't speak French, you got to go find someone who can teach you how to speak French. You want to learn. Most of us weren't taught like 
entrepreneurship or weren't, I don't know. I, I, my dad was an entrepreneur, but he didn't like, he was kind of doing his own thing. So I never got educated in that way. So I had to kind of seek my own education there. And the best investment you can always make is you, right? So just knowing that, but to me, part of it is just the transformation starts the moment you invest in yourself, because really, I think what you're saying, if you're not willing to invest in yourself is I don't believe in myself enough to actually put money on the line for something that I'm feeling called to do because I'm afraid I won't show up enough, right? Like at the end of the day, that's really it. But the transformation, um, like it starts when you actually have something on the line. And that was for me, like when I decided I was done doing my own version of playing small, it was, I had to invest half of what I had made the whole last year in a six month mentoring package to be mentored one-on-one by this coach I wanted to work with. It was $50,000. I didn't have that sitting around. I had to put the deposit on a credit card and be like, crap, I'll figure out the rest as I go. But it was so uncomfortable, Angela, that it forced me to become someone else in the process. And I knew that that was part of what it was going to do was I could no longer, I had so many money hangups. I had so many worthiness hangups. I had so many self-belief hangups. And it was like, I know that those cannot coexist in this space of me also not just like hopefully making money because I'm up leveling my thinking, but even just being able to pay for this, right? So I had to face every part of me that I hadn't wanted to face that had money demons or had worthiness demons or had limiting beliefs and systematically like debunk them, face them and debunk them. Um, And that was the transformation. Like that was what really transformed me was saying, I'm worth it to put money on the line here to work with who I want to work with to like, I love what you did where you said like, they're doing what I want to do. So I want to learn how they think that to me is the key of investing in yourself is you want to learn how to shift your thought process. Um, But when you put that money on the line and it's coming, it may feel very stretchy. It may feel scary. Certainly does for me every time I invest in myself because I keep doing so at a high level, but there's still kind of this knowing of like, this is the next step. This is who I'm meant to work with. This is what I'm meant to invest in. And when you do that and you put that money on the line, you shift your self-concept and your self-belief to see yourself as someone who is now worthy of that result. And so a lot of the transformation just happens in that process. So it's kind of like, how long do you want to stay where you are <laughs> versus how long are you like, how ready are you to really step into experiencing life at this next level? So that's what I would say to that. Yeah. And I think that's the key. I think there is going back to social media because so much of life seemingly happens on social media. Not really, but that's maybe how we perceive it at times Mm -hmm. is, you know, this concept that if you're not making six figures, you're doing it wrong. If you're not doing X, Y, Z, you're doing it wrong. And sometimes we allow social media standards to dictate what our level, what we perceive to be success, right? And so I think sometimes, you know, when we get to a place where we maybe decide, oh, that's never going to be me, right? Or oh, I'm never going to hit that and that's okay, right? I think we we need to start evaluating why we feel like we're not worthy of certain life goals and, and our measures of success, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of it goes back to, 
if you are not willing to, and it's not just, it's not just about the money. The money is, is part of it when it comes to investing yourself. You know, there are other things you can do to invest in yourself to be sure. But when it comes to strictly talking about business and growing your business to a place that's comfortable for you, a lot of it really does come down to, okay, a hundred thousand may not be a hundred percent the goal, but living comfortably is and living comfortably for you does mean six figures. So we need to evaluate how we're going to get there and define success for you and what you're willing to do to get there. Because I think that's also something that can be hard, especially, like I said, if you're coming from a place of like, well, I haven't had to necessarily think about that. If you're coming from a place where you've had a nine to five and you just showed up, you knew you were going to get the salary no matter how hard you worked, no matter how many days you know, off you took, whatever, you know, at the end of the, day, end of the year, you were going to get that salary, right? Mm-hmm. You've never really, and your growth in a lot of ways, it really wasn't up to you. It was up to whoever was promoting you or whoever was in charge of your salary and and what the salary you know increase rate was for that year. You know, you're kind of bound to that. But now it's up to you to decide what that is and how hard you're willing to work to have whatever percent growth that you want, right? I think something that I often say to myself is I feel like I deserve every dollar that I'm willing to get up and work for. Mm. And so for a lot of people, um, they they may feel like, well, I'm, I'm doing what I can right now. But a lot of it is I'm doing what I can, but I could be doing it better and more efficiently and at a higher level. Mm-hmm. So I guess my, my last question for you now is for people who maybe have invested and maybe they're saying, well, you know, or they, they're thinking about investing in themselves and they're saying, well, you know, the thing that I'm thinking about investing in maybe doesn't directly tie in uh, to what I'm doing or, or where I'm at. I think a lot of investing is being is being critical of like what you're investing in, right? I can invest in a course from Arlen Hamilton, but I know I don't want to be a venture capitalist. That's just, that's not going to help me a whole whole lot, right? Uh, she's a millionaire. I'm glad she's a millionaire, but I don't want to be a millionaire in that way. That's not the trajectory for me. Um, so for people who are evaluating how to invest in themselves, how to know what's worth it or not for them, quote unquote, what are some of the things that were on your checklist when you were like, okay, I know I don't have 50 grand sitting around, but I know this is worth it for me. What are some things that that made that checklist of knowing it was worth it for you? I'm going to give a really frustrating answer. (laughs) And I also want to, I just want to first speak to what you said before too, because I think it's so important about like knowing what your personal number is and your growth edge is. So it's so easy to listen to someone talk and say, well, like she's at 10K months, so I should want 10K months or she's doing a million dollar business. So I should want that. Like, forget that. I I think this is one of the biggest mistakes we make with money and financial goals too, is we get, like, we base it on what somebody else is doing. To your point about social media, we think if I do that, then I'll feel happy or successful. That's not actually how it works. So if you set money or business or revenue goals from a place that's not grounded in what do you really want? Like, what do you truly want for your life? What is your goal? Forget what, because you're the only one who has to live your life. So from that place, and this is something I often do with clients when they're first starting out is like, what is the purpose of the money? Because you can say, I had a woman in one of my group programs, I don't know, this was a few months ago. And she was like thinking she needed $30,000 months or something to live the life she wanted. I was like, cool. Like, let's take a look at it. Cause I'm never about, you need to think smaller or bigger. It's just, what is the purpose of the money? And when we looked at it and she actually wanted like a lot of lifestyle freedom, she wanted to travel, but the places she was wanting to travel and live in the dollar exchange was way different. So she could get a lot of lifestyle for way less. And we looked at it and it was like, actually, she didn't need that. 
right now for what she wanted. And when she kind of realized, okay, this is actually my goal, she felt more settled. She felt more grounded. And from that place, when we're aligned with the amount of money we want to make, and it actually serves that purpose in our lives, it's a lot easier to get there. You're not, again, it's like you're in your power with it. So I, so I think that's the first part just to recognize is like, what's important to you? What's your goal? Not what do you see somebody doing on social that you think is going to make you happy? Cause I promise it's not, if it's not coming from within your soul. Um, but how I knew about investing again, this is the frustrating, possibly frustrating answer. Like if someone is listening and they're like, I need a checklist or I'm very analytical. Um, I just knew like it was a desire. There was something in me that said, yes, this is tight. It, usually it won't make logical sense. So this is the thing to know. Like if you try to analyze it six ways to Sunday and you're like, well, how am I going to pay for this immediately? If you're meaning to use a credit card um, or, you know, comparing five people versus another. Again, I always tune into like what feels expansive to me. And if I was speaking specifically about coaching and mentoring, I'll look at, do I like that person's results and do I like their energy? Like, do I, to your point, there's a lot of people out there who are millionaires who have million dollar businesses and maybe they could teach you how to do it, but is it in alignment with you? Do you like how they live? Do you like their energy? Does something in you feel expansive when you hear them speak? If so, that's a latent potential in you that you're seeing mirrored back to you in that person that has the opportunity to, to develop potentially in the energy of that person. And so I would just say, follow it. Like that's, that's how I've always done things. It's been instinct. It's been, this feels expansive, even if it feels stretchy and scary. And it to this day has not gone wrong. It's when I've overanalyzed things and made myself wrong or been like, oh, you should be thinking smaller or more differently that's when stuff doesn't go right. So I've learned to really trust where am I feeling called in all aspects of life. And I find that the right path, mentor, coach program develops from there. So again, not like a five-step checklist kind of answer, but to me, that's, that is my truth. So that's what I can share. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, like, I am one of those people who's like a little more logical. Like, I need to know why. <laughs> like, yeah. I need to know the exact reason why. <laughs> sometimes, but sometimes it is that simple. And I think for me, it was that simple. It's just like they're making six figures. I want to make six figures. They're doing what I love to do. You know, whatever. Yeah. It, it really was that simple for me. I, I didn't know those people yeah. from Adam, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like knowing yourself, right? And like letting that be enough. Like, perfect. Do I see mirrored in this person what I want to create in my business or in my life? Awesome. Yeah. Let me follow it. And then whatever your process needs to be, you let it be that process. But um, yeah, I mean, I think in many ways it's similar, kind of to how I did it. So yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for giving us the the nitty gritty of, of your business and your ethos for selling. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here with me today. Thank you so much. This was a great conversation. Absolutely. And please be sure to check out Elise Archer and her podcast, the She Sells podcast, everywhere that podcasts are streaming or you listen to podcasts. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys on the next one.